Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Good day, Wendy. <laughs> Gone full Ange. Full Ange, and um, just getting in the swing of the cricket, man. I've been sucked in. There's not oh, much nice. else going on. I've been sucked into the, what is it, the willow? The sound of the oak on the willow? What? what how do you English guys say? Le- what you leather, on, leather on willow, I think, is, there the, it is. is the phrase. Yeah, the leather yeah. being spanked, I've got into it. Yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty fun. Um, England play in a very aggressive way, and it hasn't panned out too well so far. But it makes for entertaining matches. Does that mean like the Ashes? They're not coming home. Probably not coming home at this point. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Stranger things have happened, but it doesn't look hopeful right now. I have been um, I've been digesting it in a, in a different way. So listening to the test match test match special in the mornings mm. when I'm walking the dog, and it's just um. It's just a kind of quite a calm sport and quite a calm sport to follow and get into. Mm. And I don't really care who wins or loses, but I have, been, I have been enjoying it. What have you made of the level of analysis on Test Match Special? Test, test match special? I enjoy it. They've got this guy mm. they kind of wheel out every now and then who just drops the numbers in. I don't know who it is. but um, is that, Would that be Simon Hughes? He used to do it. I don't know uh, no, does. no, no. I know what he sounds like. But there is um, you've got like some proper proper cricket men like um, Michael Vaughan. He's a proper cricket guy. He doesn't want yeah, the English yeah, and the Austra- yeah. He doesn't want the English and the Australians chatting too much, not being friendly. And then you've got people like Tuffers, a bit more of a comedian, a bit of a comic take. Uh, Alistair Cook and then Glenn McGrath. And it is kind of nice. And as someone who's completely new to this, I mean, I've followed cricket a little bit. But I haven't really list, like, listened to podcasts or anything. I've been enjoying the kind mm. of personalities around it. And the fact that they don't really get too upset or too angry about it. You know, the game is the game. And it doesn't seem to be the kind of 
going for social media bangs and the rest of it that do follow football. So I think perhaps mm. that's why I've I've enjoyed this as a kind of holiday treat. Nice, nice. Mm. Yeah, I I do enjoy cricket analysis very much. I I think it is typically a level above that that which you get in football uh, in terms of punditry and commentary. But it's a much slower sport, so I think it's yeah. easier to to do the analysis. You know, you get big gaps where you can mm. really go into detail, which is lends itself quite well to kind of a deeper level of understanding and appreciation, which is for good. sure. It's not, a, it's not a 90 minute game, obviously, and especially a test match over five days. And it, the mm. fact that you can take your time over it. And it's almost like the, the difference between watching a football match on, on BBC and watching it on Sky or ITV, it's just at a slower pace. The punditry is not better on BBC compared to Sky or ITV, but they just have a bit more time to, mm. to reflect they're not always, they're not kind of bound by the adverts or bound by getting the kind of the one liners in or, or making the social media clips that will go viral. They could take their time over it, which is what I quite enjoyed. Mm. So um, this is a special episode of The Extra Inch. You know why? Um, is it the first episode of the new season? It is indeed. So it's now July. So we've started season eight of The Extra Inch. Can you believe season eight? Well, it's um, in Football Manager. This is when all your new transfers start arriving. You got to add them to your training camp and everything else like that. So I, I do quite enjoy the fact that you've gone, you've gone for that kind of classic um, start the new season option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get stuck in, just thanks to the following for for their emails: uh, Fergus McKee, um, Johnny Walchak or Walshak, uh, Bancy Castle sent a really um, enjoyable DM on Twitter. Um, I want to thank also David Dore and I feel like there's someone else as well whose name I have forgotten now. Oh, Jamie Goodson sent an email a while back and I've, I've, I've neglected to thank him. Um, Owen Mullen as well. So thank you all. It's appreciated. We, we really like reading your emails. Appreciate your questions. It helps us fit out the running order. It kind of gives us a, a feel for what people want us to talk about, which is, which is really helpful. Um, so I'm going to start by talking about pre-season training, which started on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Postacoglu coming in and um, having some of the squad to work with. Obviously, not all players are back yet because of the internationals. Uh, but there's a, there's, a, there's a core group there. And I'm going to just put a picture into the running order. And I want to get Bardi's immediate opinion on this. Okay. I've not seen this picture. I don't know what it is. Here we go. <laughs> what like it's uh, Endobele with mm-hmm. I guess that's Yedinak, is it? That is Yedinak, our new coach. Yes, he's gone a bit grey. He's kept the same. Um, he's kept the same look, but it's he's he's aging well, isn't he? He looks very handsome. Well. I think he looks like a, a sculpted version of Spooky. That's what I think he looks like. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, he's got a lot more hair than Spooky on top. It's the beard. I guess it's the beard. Yeah, he's got a Spooky-esque beard. Uh, yeah, what 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 are your initial thoughts on seeing that, seeing Tongi and Dombele, uh back at Spurs for pre-season training? No, it's good. I'm glad he's back. Um, I've watched the, I watched the Instagram story of all the players returning. And, um, you know, you, you see two seconds of somebody... And you, you start to try and figure out what their demeanour is, what this means long term mm-hmm. for them. Even though the fact that it's their first day back, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Um, how would you feel if someone stuck a camera in your face at nine o'clock in the morning, walking in, walking <laughs> into the office? 
But then you, you're watching it and you go, ooh, okay. So Fraser Forster looks quite chirpy. Uh, Reggion looks a bit down, a bit depressed. Uh, <laughs> Tanganga had a good holiday in Miami, but he doesn't look too happy either. Uh, Emerson looks delighted. And you're trying to work out, like, is this because they know they're leaving or because they know they're surplus to requirements or they're just happy because they know they're part of the squad? Um, and it's just ridiculous. But because we've been so starved of, of Tottenham content and Tottenham stuff, you're, you're trying to read into it. So I think a few of them are kind of down about being back. Or they just had an argument with their partner in a car on, on the way in. Exactly. The order was traffic or they, yeah, exactly. It could, you're, trying to, you're trying to read too much into it. But um, Endobele, like you showed me a picture of him. He looks, he looks reasonably happy now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's been a lot of chatter about Endobele and I've tried to mm. avoid it because we've, we've been there before. We've, we've yep. all, we've had our say on Endobele and, and what we think of him. I'm just going to see what, happens i mean there's no point there's no point sort of doing a deep dive on where we think they'll end up i don't think but uh it's nice to see some of those lonies back i mean i kind of miss regalon's face he's he's a very he's a very chirpy character yeah um not my favorite player in the world but uh a really kind of positive presence i felt and it's it's nice to see him back i think it it would just be ridiculous just to tell when dombele not to come back you, he's got to come and train. He's got to come and train. He's Poster Cogley's got to take a look at these guys. Mm. And um, it, I think it's a cliche, but it's a clean slate. They've all got a moment mm. now. They've all got the summer sure. to prove themselves. There's no, there's no World Cup. Those that had internationals, it was just a couple of games, so they'll be back shortly. And it's um, it's up to each individual if they want to be at Tottenham to convince him. Otherwise, um, they'll they'll be off. I, I always think this is a really good opportunity when it's kind of the smaller group for uh, fringe players, uh, previously unwanted players and young players to really stand out and, and stake a claim because they're not fighting amongst a crowd of 35 players. There's only like, what, 18 there, something like that. Yep. So they, they've had Matthew Craig, Alfie Devine, uh, Brooklyn Lions Foster, Dane Scarlett, all training with, with the rest of the first team squad. And that's a really good opportunity for them to you know, impress, essentially, impress the training squad, training staff and, and see what happens from there. Have we seen any footage of, of what they're up to in training or is it just fitness? We have, we have. So they've been doing lots of work in the gym, which is standard at this time of year. They're, they're, it's strength and conditioning work, of course. Mm-hmm. But there have been two videos released so far. One which was very low intensity, uh, receiving the ball on the turn and then moving on to another player in a in a square formation, and the other was a sort of um, rondo but positional rondo. And uh, so I asked Chris Summersell about that one. It was it involved some some kind of short sharp passing. So here's uh, so Chris was meant to be on the podcast today. Unfortunately, we've had to move it forward, so he's not available. Um, so, you know, we, we miss Chris, but here's a bit of insight from Chris. And if you don't know, Chris Somersell is um, a coach and analyst, and he's my partner in crime on our Straight Off the Training Ground podcast, which is behind the Patreon paywall. So Chris says there seems to be two teams of X number of players with three bounce players, which looks like a goalkeeper at one end, centre forward at the other and Basuma in the middle. Uh, so it's, he says, directional to point one, progressing from end to end. 
it suggests Basuma is a six, but then again, two minutes later, he might have swapped out with someone else, so it's difficult to uh, sort of make too much of a judgment. He said it sounds like they're counting passes, but he's not sure to what end. Although he says it's a fairly standard setup, two teams plus bounce players. I guess the conditions you put on the players are key to the outcome and how they link to the way you want to play. He says he's not that keen on touch restrictions, so uh, he's not sure whether they're limited here, but it's certainly noticeable that players are taking one or two touches on the ball. And I said to him, do you think touch restrictions might be helpful if the coaches think our players have been used to too many touches? And he said, maybe, but this is one practice as part of a new process, so it's difficult to really read the intentions of what they're looking for. And the reason why he doesn't like touch restrictions, although he does use them sometimes in particularly specific ways, are that... Firstly, players are more likely to shit themselves rather than be comfortable on the ball. And secondly, it constrains dribblers. So, for example, what does your best dribbler think of being told to play one or two touch? Um, And it also removes changes of tempo and speed as it's always quick. You can't sort of slow things down because you can only have that one touch to control and then another to lay off. Um, He said, this isn't me trashing the idea or that practice at all. It's a one 20 second segment, but one or two touch restrictions does not make a passing progression team. So really useful to get that bit of insight from Chris. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more of that as the the training videos are released um, as we go through pre-season. But yeah, nice to see, nice to see our players back and kicking the ball about. It sort of felt like a really weird end to the season. So this sort of, Fresh start feels nice, and I must admit I'm really looking forward to the preseason games. I mean, I did get a bit of PTSD when you said bounce. I thought you were going to go back into bounce passes, which was a thing for one summer under Nuno. Mm. It was indeed. Um, didn't get us very far, did it? No, I I played um, I played football. I for just officially out there, I had retired from from football, but I came out of ah. retirement. I came out of retirement on Friday. Um, Chuck called Rabs, Rabin. He he organised the game. He's probably listening. A big Spurs fan. Uh, massive Levy outer. Constantly in my DMs telling me all about <laughs> Levy. Anyway, he organised a game and a load of people dropped out and somebody got a load of um, ringers in for the opposition. Turned out they're all semi-pros and we got absolutely... Oh, shit. Yeah, we got absolutely massacred. I um, I put a GoPro up to to record it and a half, like after 10 minutes I was thinking about turning it off because it was such a, such a pummeling. Anyway, as we were playing, the two the two semi pros kept talking to each other. Bounce pass, bounce pass, bounce pass. So not only did I get massacred, I had to put up with the the Nuno bounce pass throughout for for fifty minutes. It was um, quite a way to spend your Friday night. So when they were saying bounce pass, what do they mm. mean? So Are one they of, talking about one two essentially. Yeah, basically one of them would just back into our defender who was nowhere near him, who mm. who what definitely wasn't touch tight. And just knock the ball into it and then bounce it off him and then they just crack yeah. it into the bottom corner. Shout out to Clive, yeah. though. Clive is also a Spurs fan. He was in goal for us and uh, one of our players lost energy. So Clive came out came out of nets and put in a real vigorous performance in centre midfield. And um, I said to him, Clive, you, you've got some, you've got a bit of an engine on you. And he goes to me, that's AG Wombardi. That's, that's what he <laughs> did. <laughs> I said no way. I said no way. He goes, yeah, yeah. I've started taking AG one. So there you go. AG one gives you. I don't even meant to do an ad today, but take AG one. You become a a combative centre midfielder. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, (laughs) It sounds like you had a better game of football this week than I did. Uh, Our game ended. In fact, it was pretty much the last kick of the game or the last play of the game. Uh, Two of the guys went in for a challenge. One of them sort of bounced off the other. His head went into the fence at the side of the pitch. Ouch. Uh, 
He stumbled away, he looked a bit dazed, was putting his hand to his head and suddenly the blood came. And he'd he'd got a massive gash from the fence in his head and then like an egg-sized lump on his eyebrow. So luckily one of the other guys is a fireman, so did some some first aid on him and, and we got him patched up and took him to hospital. So he got to hospital at half seven, got home at 3 a.m. No! Yeah, oh, glued geez. up and patched up, but yeah, nasty, nasty situation. That's a long, that's a long wait in A&E, man. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, not good, not good. This is good. This is why I retired from football. I, I just can't be, can't be dealing with injuries at my age. <laughs> Too many injuries, absolutely. I mean, the, the recovery time as well is, is crazy as you get older, isn't it? I mean, my, I'm a pretty fit guy, but my groin and the front of my shins are in bits. I'm just not, I'm used to just running kind of straight. Or like the, the, corner. <laughs> the changes of direction have done you in exactly the change in the directions, the real stretching of your legs to get to get somewhere. And I'm not someone who would just kind of stand around. I'll run about a lot, and it's just a lot of quick, sharp changes. And I'm I'm just used to going in a straight line. So it's been really, <laughs> it's been really painful today. It's weird. I, I ache more today than I did after running a marathon. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, So we've got a few bits of transfer news to talk about, which is quite exciting. Firstly, I mean, we spoke about James Madison quite a lot last week, but really nice to get that one over the line. Yeah, it's nice. It seems like he's spent the whole week at the stadium. More and more footage keeps coming out of him at the club shop at the stadium. It's really nice. He, he it's it's done. Everybody seems super positive about it. It mm-hmm. seems like a really um, to steal um, a sentence from our friend John McKenzie and Tifo. It seems like a really sensible transfer. Absolutely. I feel like um, this is one that's kind of been met with universal approval, which is very weird within the Spurs fan base. Yeah, and it does it doesn't like get the alarm bell ringing for you that once <laughs> we all agree on something it could backfire. But no, it's a, he's a good player, man. He's he's got good mm. numbers, good stats. Can whip a ball, can pass a ball, can whack it. He does a bit of everything. Yeah, really looking forward to his set pieces. I think that will be a, a an instant improvement on where we are at the moment. Mm. So that's that's great news. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him in preseason. And uh and we say goodbye to Harry Winks who goes I guess the other way you would say it's not not part of the same deal but uh they've they've convinced Leicester to part with 10 million pounds which seems he's in the final year of his contract so it does seem quite a lot of money 
but I think Winks will be a really decent signing for Leicester. He'll do a good job, man. It's I've um I've been a bit anti Winks for a couple of years, but then like you see the montage and everything else and you, you realise that he is he is one of our own and everything else around it. And there was a point in time where we had big hopes for him. It didn't kind of work out for him. But he wasn't a disaster. If you think about some of the midfielders we've had in his time at the club that have been absolute disasters, he he never was. And he just wasn't great. He just did his job, you know. Mm. So um, mm. I, I wish him all the best. Yeah, same, same. I've got nothing but good things to say about Winks as a person. I think mm. he um, really, really like, it felt like he felt what it was to be Spurs and yeah. it really mattered to him. Um, always came across very well off the pitch. I stood next to his mum a couple of times under eighteen matches, and she was she was a, a good fun character as well. So, um, yeah, really pleased for him. He'll go and hopefully play every week. Hopefully, we'll avoid injuries. That's been his biggest problem over the last few years. Uh, and and I imagine Leicester will bounce straight back up, and and he'll be a part of a, the Premier League once again. Yeah, um, definitely. He's not yeah. a, he's not a Championship player. He's a, he's a lower no. mid mid table lower Premier League player, and he's gone to Leicester. He'll help him come back up and he'll have a good career in front of him. He's how old is he? 27, 28? Yeah, yeah, I think he's 27, so plenty yeah. of years left in him yet. Yeah, good luck. So we've also confirmed the signing of Pedro Porro. Again, we spoke about that last week in relation to Nathan's tweets. I think it was um, just a, an inevitable deal that we were going to get done. Um, it seemed like it wasn't so much an option as a, as a, a requirement to to pay the final instalment or whatever and just make the deal happen. I'm really happy about this one. I really like Pedro Porro and uh, I think he'll be a, a useful member of the squad um, regardless of where he ends up playing. I, I, I think he'll, he, he brings something that we don't have elsewhere and um, he's full of enthusiasm and I really enjoy watching him play. It was, it would have been a really brave move to cancel the loan and send him back. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think have we ever done that. Well, maybe I think maybe we did it with Jetson. But uh, it would have been really. It would have. But he was terrible. It really would have been brave to to kind of cut that loose. It makes sense. We we said we both enjoy him. I think he can offer something. Um, we've got ongoing links with Tapsoba. It feels as though it's just a question of haggling his club down. I don't know how easy that's going to be. I mean, judging by the way we dealt with the David Raya situation. I imagine Spurs will have a deadline on that, that they'll say, right, we'll keep negotiating until this point. If we haven't agreed by then, we move on to target number two. Uh, and be that uh, Mickey van der Ven or, or, I don't know, Tosin or whoever it might be. Mm. Um, but I, I think that's the way Spurs seem to be doing business this summer. And I'm happy with that. Having said that, I really want Taps over. I think he's a fantastic centre-back. Yeah, I said last week, I'm not sure, I don't know much about him, but if you're happy and you want him, let's do it, Wendy. The other one where the link is not going away, it's 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 been there since the start of the window and uh, and before they even, and uh, it seems as though things are hotting up, is Manor Solomon, who was on loan at Fulham last season. Can't say I'm his biggest fan as a player. I okay. I don't really know why we're doing this one. Do you know much about him? I quite like. I'm a little bit kind of obsessed with um, these these kind of tricky players that come in on their right foot and just can whack one. And <laughs> I kind of got drawn into him when he was in that incredible run of form where he scored like four mm. four games in a row. And 
Mm. You know, you, sh- you should never buy a player after a World Cup or when they hit a purple patch. But he did have something about him. He's tricky. Seems to be quite dribbly. And don't but even though the stats don't say that. But he seems quite... He can whack a ball when he comes in. I think it's a free transfer as well, isn't it? This is the thing. So it's a free transfer. He has been at Shakhtar Donetsk. Obviously, yep. there's a war in Ukraine ongoing. So that's that was never going to be easy for him to deal with his contractual situation there. Uh, he, he's coming to the end of his contract. Football clubs do what football clubs do, and that's take advantage of any situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's available on a free. So Fulham seem to want to keep him. Spurs seem interested. Who knows? I, I, I worry with him. So he's coming up to 25, and he's yet to play a season of more than 1,500 minutes. And I feel like if he were 20... That would be fine. But he's twenty three. Twenty five. It's not twenty five. Is he? So it's coming to twenty four. Sorry. 24. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I and I kind of think I want to see more. I want to see more. Um, it's it's free though. So, uh, so on the other hand, like if we get him, maybe we loan him out. Maybe yep. build some value. We sell him on. I'm 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 down with that. I don't really want him to be one of our seventeen non homegrown players going to this season. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's good enough to be honest. He's he's very dribbly, as you say, really good at taking players on. Um, but the goal scoring hot streak is not his norm that, that came out of the ordinary. Yeah. And also he's not a very creative player. It seems like the the final decision isn't always there. So he's very good at beating players, but what comes next might be a, a bit of a deficit for him. And uh I think there are better options out there myself. I think I agree with you, but I do think if you get him for free you loan him out with a loan fee, make a little bit of money out of him. It's um, it's an opportunistic purchase. If yeah. it works out, it doesn't work out. I think maybe he... Do you reckon he's better suited on the left in Postacoglu's system than Sun? In the, in the sense that he's more of a winger than Sun is. He's definitely better at beating his man than Sun is, that's mm. for sure. But I don't... I mean, the drop-off the drop from Sun to Solomon is huge but he could be a, uh, an alternative to Son so if we yeah maybe but I feel like we've got alternative Son in Brian Hill and Charleston who can play on the left already so I don't know why we're I don't know why we prioritise that position rather than the right hand side where it's Kulisevsky maybe Poro and then God knows who else I think um, I think Richarlison this season will be a nine I don't think we'll see him play wide at all I mm. think he'll if Kane goes he'll be on our starting number nine if Kane stays, he'll be in rotation with Kane for the season. So maybe he's looking at an alternative to Sun, or the the club are looking at someone else to play instead of Sun. Maybe Brian Hill is he's worth a lot of money, man. He's had a, he's had a good spell at Sevilla, at Sevilla. So they might think mm. let's let's cash him in for twenty million, get this guy for free, and then use that money elsewhere. Yeah, th- this is true. This is true. Uh, the other player uh, being linked, there's two players being linked with moves away. No, three actually. Three. So Sanchez is being linked with Galatasaray. Okay. Sessignon is being linked with Nottingham Forest, and Hoybier is being linked with Atletico Madrid. Uh, we don't really need to go into Hoybier again. I, I think, I think that when you think of the way Postecoglou played with Celtic, it's difficult to imagine which of the roles Hoybier might naturally fit. Mm. Personally, I think he's adaptable enough to play any of them, but not necessarily be elite in any of them. But again, he's a valuable player 
uh, if he's not an ideal fit, then it does make sense at 27 to cash in on him and uh, and get some pretty good money, particularly if there's interest from clubs as big as Atletico Madrid. For sure, we can we can sell him, and I wish him all the best in Spain. Hmm. And I assume Sessignon and Sanchez, you've got no issue with them leaving? No, Sanchez should have been sold a couple of years ago. Sessignon, I think I always look back on the Sessignon time as kind of like a lot of a lot of, a lot of hope kind of gone, mm. whittled away. Because when we signed him, it was really exciting. Thought he could be great. Yeah. And then um, he had that spell away, uh, Hoffenheim, I think. And then he came back, had some game time. And then even under Conte, it looked like it looked like something was going to work for him because that end of mm-hmm. season run at left wing back, there was a lot of promise, but it just didn't quite work out for him. Uh, who knows? Some, sometimes it just never happens for an individual. He'll go on and have an all right career somewhere else. It's, it is a shame. Where's he been linked to? Forest. Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a bad place for him to go. Yeah, and Steve Cooper would have worked with him lots in the yeah. England um, underage groups. I, I feel like. Um, it will just be a case of unfulfilled potential at Spurs. There's a good player there. There's a really good player there. And I, I hope he ends up um, living up to his promise somewhere. But it would be a shame if it doesn't happen at Spurs. But I think it's the right decision to move him on at this point. It's just sad. There was a lot of games last season, especially early on under Conte, where things weren't working out and he got substituted off and he had to do this slow walk around. Because oh, he's, yeah. And it, he, just, he applauded the crowd the whole way around. And it was just sad to see it because... He just looked empty, just looked empty mm. of, of any kind of faith in his own footballing ability. And he's a good, he's a good player, man. He could have been, he could have mm. been incredible. We, we signed him 19 million at 19 years old or something. And yeah, there was a lot of hope there. Mm. It's true. It's true. Um, so there's a couple of, oh, here we go. Sorry. Just, I'm just going to interrupt this podcast to read you a tweet by Fabrizio Romano, who says, Oh, here we go. Tottenham have reached verbal agreement with Manuel Solomon. Here we go. Here so we go. Confirmed. It, it, it looks like that is a deal that is happening. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've said what we've said. I, I, I would be concerned if he's part of the first team squad over someone else. If we're signing him to loan him out, I, I'm all for that. I think that'd be a, a smart move, but um, we shall see. We shall see. I mean, it's quite exciting to have a transfer confirmed whilst on the air, Windy. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a couple of other bits of news from the last couple of days around youth players. So Matthew Craig has signed a new contract until 2026 and Niall John has signed a new contract until 2025. John is the one I'm most pleased about because there had been speculation that he might leave this summer. And I really feel like there's a good player in Niall John that we have yet to see yet. He came out of the under-18s on an absolute high and looked a baller. And then, as what happens with a lot of players at Spurs, moves into under-21s, stagnates over time. And, you know, that kind of acceleration is suddenly de-acceleration. Mm. And all, all that that forward momentum is lost. Uh, his loan move to Charlton was useless because he didn't play. Um, he's had some good spells for the under-21s, but it's been very broken. Uh, but I really I really think there's something there with him, and I'd love to see him involved in first-team training in pre-season and, and for Postacoglu to kind of make an assessment of him and maybe even find a place for him in match-day squads because I, I really think he's he's got a lot of talent. Um, Where does he play? 
he plays central midfield, but the thing about him that I like for Postacoglu is that he can essentially play any of the roles. He's really versatile. He can play as a 6, an 8, a 10. He's dribbly, but he's also passy. He's a tempo dictator, but he also can pass quickly. Uh, he's a pretty good finisher as well. He's just a very well-rounded technical player, and I feel there's definitely space for a well-rounded technical player in a Postacoglu squad. Mm. So I'm I'm hopeful. The big issue, of course, is he's barely had any experience at, at men's level. So it's like he's untried, he's untested. What? Who knows what to make of him because he's he's barely played any minutes. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll see what happens in preseason. But very pleased to sign the contract anyway. Why are we sending these guys to Charlton and they're not even playing games? What happens there? I think there was probably a lack of due diligence ahead of a loan. Sometimes, especially in the latter half of the season, clubs, if they're in a bit of a predicament where they could get relegated or if they're pushing for the playoffs, they'll stick to the tried and tested a bit more. They'll stick to the players that they rely on and fill out their bench with sort of loan fodder. And then if the loan fodder doesn't get on, get a chance to impress, they're never going to break their way into the team. So I think it's really about making sure those conversations pre-loan with the coaches at the the loan club are, are good ones and you're getting um, affirmations around them actually playing and getting minutes or at least uh, having an opportunity to prove themselves. And it felt like with John, he just never got the chance yeah. uh, and it, it didn't work out, uh, which I think is a real pity because in theory, he could have, he could have really helped them. Um, yeah. Just not the right club for him. Uh, so we'll end on this one from Andy Butt, who says, The Kane question has been done to death, but an angle I haven't heard discussed yet is whether it's feasible to build a team around Kane next year, knowing he'll likely be gone the following year. Would it not be like starting from scratch in 24-25, as Kane is unique and irreplaceable? Would any benefit of keeping Kane be cancelled out by delaying the inevitable rebuild? And I do think this is a, a useful question, because it is something we haven't spoken about a great deal. Um, obviously I've set out my store I want Kane to stay at any cost uh, Buddy and Nathan tend to think we should probably cash in at this point given that he's so close to the end of his contract but I think there is a, a useful argument there from Andy that essentially you're going to have to replace him, well potentially unless he's under contract you're going to have to replace him next year anyway and are we uh, delaying the inevitable rebuild? I mean the question here really is what do you, when you say you have to build the team around him, what would you need to do differently to like the, the, the Kane, the team that Kane plays in, how is that different from the team that Richarlison leads up front? Like what, what significantly is the difference there? I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot. I don't think you would change the midfield three and you wouldn't change the, the wide forwards. I guess what it means, I guess the difference is perhaps your approach play changes, I guess. Because Kane's Kane's not running the channels, he's not running over the top. But then I don't think Postacoglu does he want that from his striker? Does he want his striker running over the top? Running I think behind? He, I think he wants a striker that will stretch the defense. Okay, uh, and and some people have said that Kane isn't an ideal fit to him. But you know, Postacoglu is not an idiot. Harry Kane's one of the best strikers in the world. He's going to find. He's going to make the best use of him, isn't he? Mm. But yeah, yeah. So, but that's that's different. Like. You're not gonna you're not gonna bin off Kane because he doesn't suit your system because obviously you're right. He's if he if Kane is there, Postacoglu will use him and he'll just adapt stuff. But then I suppose if you've got Kane, you play Kane, and I guess you just 
if you have him for one year, you just build a team for that one year that 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 supports Kane, and then you bit by bit you you drop Kane occasionally, which we've never done, and you play mm. with Charlison, and you get the team playing with Richarlison, and yeah, you just go with that cup games, everything else. Richarlison starts and Kane sits on the bench. That's it, isn't it? You you've got an opportunity in a season with uh, no European competition to firstly play Kane every week if you want to because he's fit enough to play one game a week mm-hmm. and you can ask him to do more pressing than he's been used to and then if he gives an indication that yeah I'm not going to sign a contract I'm going to leave in the summer you start to phase him out and you bring in Richarlison or whoever and play them as the as the striker um, but also I think it's going to take a couple of seasons for Postacoglu to get his principles across for him to he doesn't have um, a couple of seasons. Let's be honest. Let's be. Let's no, be I, 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 and I, I think, um, I think he can have, he can start having an impact. I think by Christmas time, we'll we'll see a team that understands what Postecoglou wants from them, and I think we'll probably end the season strongly. Um, but it will take a couple of seasons to do everything he wants to do. So, like, there'll be a, like a a layer of. Maybe the pressing will come first, or maybe the the I don't know. Maybe the positional play will come first. One of them will come first, and then they'll build on that over time. So it's not like he's going to be done with the team at the end of the season. Everything's going to be in place. It's going to be a gradual move towards what he really wants to see in his in his system. And so for Kane to sort of duck out in the summer isn't. I don't think it's that disruptive. I think it's fine. I think you you get back to work next preseason and you figure out what you're going to do without Kane. Be that be be that replacing with Richarlison or bringing in a new striker, um, whatever it may be, and you you then have the following next preseason this time next year to do what you need to do to make it work. Uh, but like I said, I do think this year will be a, one of building blocks, and I think uh, probably slow, steady progress towards the overall aims. You think he gets the time, Postacoglu? I I don't think there's any point in giving him a job if you're not going to give him some time. He's he's not a manager who will do things uh, that quickly. He he needs time to because these are the principles he's using are complicated. It's it's positional play. You know, we've spoken before about whether players are receptive or not to complicated theory. I mean, Pep Guardiola signs players who he believes have football intelligence so that they'll understand his system more quickly. We've got a squad full of players already. Some of them will get it, some of them won't. It's going to it's gonna need some time for, to get the ideas across. Some of them will suit it, some of them won't, but some of them won't even get it. They won't. It'll take a long time for some players to really understand what's expected of them. Um, so I do think there needs to be a level of uh, patience with... <laughs> With Postacoglu and his staff, also completely new team he's working with, which is interesting. It's not like he's got a coaching team like Conte that he's worked with for years and years and years and trusts. There's some bedding in of the coaches, let alone the players. I mean, I'm an optimistic person, and I'm hoping that his um, his ideas and his plans they took long they took longer at Celtic to get used to it because they're worse players. So yeah, perhaps, it's possible. Perhaps our our players have a higher football intelligence and it kind of. They get it straight away, but um, but I I'm I'm optimistic. I'm refusing to think about what's going to happen if we hit January and we're in thirteenth, fourteenth position. 
So I'm refusing to I'm refusing to think about that. So it's going to be all right. These players, they're just going to get it, and it's going to be all all right. Let's hope so. Because the, Let's they're, hope so. they're not bad players. That's what you've been telling me, Wendy. For yeah, for, I mean, I do. Years. I do think it's. Um, I do think we'll see some players come out of the wilderness and and shine in the system, but clearly there's a mass clear out ongoing. You know, lots of players come to the end of their contracts. They need to mm. sell them to get value for them. Uh, he wants to bring in some of his own guys. We need more creativity because the squad is is really lacking in that. We need centre backs that can pass the ball and um, maybe have a bit more recovery pace. So there's there's some real churn going on for sure. This is not in the running order, but which one player do you think is just going to come out of nowhere and do a madness this year? Yeah, this is something that keeps coming in the Discord as well. Um, I've got a couple of players in mind. Actually, I don't want to say. I don't okay. want to say. I want to wait until pre-seasons happen because because it, it's just going to be a gotcha. Um, I've got two players in mind. One of them is a youth player and one of them is a returning, returning loanee. Okay. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Fine. I, 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 well, if you're not going to show yours, I'm not going to show mine, but I think one of mine will be a defender. I think this defender is mm. just going to have an incredible season. Mm, nice, nice. Awesome. So uh, thank you to Jeff Nellison, who's been standing in for Nathan as our producer while Nathan's been on honeymoon. It's really appreciated, Jeff. Uh, so he'll be producing this episode once again. And Nathan will be back with us next week, um, where hopefully we'll discuss multiple bits of transfer business. I mean, it's really exciting. Like, can you remember a summer where it's been so busy? There's so much going on. It, this is what it, it feels like the busiest summer since, um, since the bail year. Happy times. Happy times. You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nate If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash The Extra Inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Trayton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out. He's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at theextrainch.co.uk. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the X-Sub, who we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on you Spurs. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.